Man, it's great to have you here. We are in the second week of a series. The series is Who Am I? Finding My Identity in Christ. Who am I? And what does this mean and what is it all about? And we're walking through an eight-week series. We launched it last week. Uh, just had a great start to it last week. Everybody should have a book either in your possession or at home, all right? And so be working through these. We're going to be filling the blanks out in here. Two things I'd ask about the book, ready? Number one, put your name on the front of it. You'd be amazed how much your book looks just like the neighbors next to you, Right? So you may want to put your name on it. I actually picked up my book last week and wrote my name on it, and then I realized it was Alyssa's book. So she has now written the word not next to my name. It says not Tim Tim Harkness on her book, all right? Just write your name on your book. Make sure you keep track of that, and it's got the opportunity for you to be filling in the blanks during the sermon as we walk through. So turn with me to page 16 now, if you will, of that book, and uh, we'll get going here. We are in a series called, Who Am I? Finding My Identity in Christ. And today we're talking about, I am redeemed, I am forgiven in Christ. What does that mean? What does that look like? And so let's just get it started here. There was an actor, his name was uh, Peter Sellers. You remember that name? Did a lot of movies in the 60s and 70s. He was uh, kind of a comedian and actor. And you can think what you want about how funny he was or not. But he did a lot of movies in the 60s and 70s. And uh, I'll just tell you this. He was a method actor of sorts. He'd jump into character and he'd live in character. He would spend his days and his weeks thinking, what would this character act like? How would they respond to this? And that would keep him acting kind of at another level. In fact, when he was interviewed one time, he said, often I forget who I actually am. I I lose my identity in all the acting I'm doing. And uh, one time he was even walking along the street and a little boy ran up to him and said, hey, aren't you Peter Sellers? And he said, not today I'm not. And he kept moving on and the kid's like, what? He had this look on his face and he said, I'll never forget that look as people really don't understand. I'm not kidding. I'm not even remotely acting like who I am. How often is that you and me? Right? And we start acting and we start heading in a different direction than maybe we should. We start valuing something we shouldn't. And as we kind of role play that, we lose track of our true identity. And we are looking at who I am in Christ May that never be changed, never rocked, never adjusted. This is who I am. Let's lock down our identity in him and go after it. And all of God's people said, all right, so we're going to be diving into Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 7 here to get going after it. We got ushers coming forward, and they got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 7. Just keep your hand raised. They'll get one to you. And... uh We are jumping in here on, I am redeemed, I am forgiven. This is who I am in Christ. And uh, first point, in God the Son, we have redemption and forgiveness. In God the Son, we have redemption and forgiveness. Starting in verse 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight you got to remember that here we're talking about verses 3 through 14. This is all one big sentence, right? In the Greek, it's all one sentence. So in your English translation, they probably put somewhere between three and five sentences, sort of breaking it up so that you can read it through and keep track of it. But in the Greek, it's all one sentence. It was one sentence that said this, We are blessed in the Father. 
And we looked at that last week. All that He done is, as He pours on us and loves on us as He has worked from before the foundations of the world, the Father. Today we're going to be looking at the Son and how we're blessed through the Son and next week through the Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity at work. So today, looking very clearly at the role of Jesus Christ. That's why it starts out in verse 7, in Him, right? That's in Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus Christ. That's who we're talking about here. It's in Christ we have redemption through His blood. In Christ we have redemption. The word redemption literally means to be purchased back, redeemed, repurchased. To go after that which is lost and to buy back, okay? That's a huge deal. We're lost and it's our own work, but Christ is doing a work of redemption, of saving, of redeeming, and what a privilege we have in that. Bought with a price. What price? And uh, it says right after it here, in him we have redemption through his blood. And uh, the cost was monumental. The cost was the very blood of the Savior of the universe. It is Jesus Christ, God the Son, giving his perfect blood for you and for me. His blood. And that's the cost. And what a major deal this is through his blood. Now, have you ever asked yourself, what's with the blood thing in the Bible? Have you ever thought, why does God make such a big deal about the blood and what's going on with it? I just wanted to answer that question a little bit. So we're going to go a little bit deep now, all right? So everybody get ready for the next minute or two. We're diving in a little bit deep. Here we go. So the first verse that matters, you might want to write these down, Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is absolutely no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And... uh, that's God's position. It's pretty clear. Hebrews 9.22. And uh, great. So it's true, but we still don't get why it's true. Like why does it require the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sin? A couple more verses to write down. Genesis 1 verse 20 and Genesis 2 verse 7. All right. These two verses, it says very specifically that God breathed upon, in one, chapter 1, verse 20, it says he breathes on the animals, and there is this life, this soul that they take on, okay? In the original language, the word is nefesh. It takes on this soul, and animals have that, and then in chapter 2, verse 7, man has that. It says that he breathed on man, and they took on this living life, this soul, Okay, it's the same word we see in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, right? That's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, that same word soul there, it's the nefesh, it's our life, it comes in God breathing on us, our soul, we think with our soul, we desire with our soul, and we even feel with our soul, thinking and feeling and desiring, it's the soul and the life of man. There are verses all over the place that say, I thought in my soul, da-da-da-da-da, or I felt within my soul, right? We think and we feel and we desire within the soul. And this soul is something God breathes in. And uh, different than spirit, okay, and I'm not going to go into the nuancing of how and what. And in fact, there are huge books written on it, and there's not a lot of clarity. And uh, so we see actually like in Hebrews 4, it says that it's tough to even divide soul and spirit. But the scripture can, Right? And so the spirit, there is a spirit that we have in man, 
Okay, we see that very clearly, but we see soul in both animal and man. And that's a big deal. And everybody say, it's a big deal. And you're like, I don't know why it's a big deal. I still don't get it. And uh, okay, here we go. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Leviticus 17, verse 11. It says that this living soul, this life, is supported in the blood. And uh, the same word here in the original language, the nefesh, is supported in the blood. It's Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. And so all of a sudden, we're now seeing the blood represents the support of life. Are you hearing me? Our soul is supported in this blood flowing, and there's something representative in that. And then right after this in Leviticus, he says very clearly, I want to make this clear. So now, in the midst of sin, where your soul has stood against God and sinned, you can bring in another representation and their sacrifice. It's another soul coming in with their blood sacrifice. That's the animal in the Old Testament, a representation, a substitution. He was setting everything up to be understanding who Christ is and what Christ is doing for us. And that's a huge deal. Substitution, man. Jesus Christ, his soul for mine, his shed blood for mine. And uh, yes, it follows suit with the Old Testament. And uh, in the midst of our sacrifice, in our need, we recognize we come up short. We've got nothing. And uh, we need a Savior. And he comes in in substitution. His perfect, sinless blood shed for us. Christ did not sin. Absolutely perfect. In fact, called the Lamb of God, right? And in that moment that he's called that, I'm telling you, there were a ton of Jews around. They understood all this Old Testament stuff. And there's life and the soul and the blood and the blood represents and supports the soul. And there's blood that needs to be sacrificed for. And this can be a replacement payment. I get all of that, but it's in the moment and it covers just the once. And, and then John cries out, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And every Jew around there went, oh. Oh, I get it. Substitution, lamb. Substitution, lamb of God. Blood, his blood. For, right? They're starting to see the broader picture of sacrifice. And it's a huge deal. Everybody just say it's a huge deal. Can't miss it, man. And uh, that's what's going on with the blood in here is it represents the very soul of the person. And there can be substitutionary payment in it, but there must be payment for our sin in standing in rebellion against God, okay? That's where we go with this. He says, just so you know, in him we have redemption through his blood. Praise be to God. We have a substitutionary payment through Jesus Christ. He is our hope. In fact, I would just say it this way, the word substitutionary atonement's a big word. We can just distill it down to three words, him for me, him for me. Go ahead and just say it with me. Him for me. And that's what it's about. The gospel message, our hope, redemption in Jesus Christ, him for me. In fact, if you can't remember the words, just remember the hand signals, right? Him for me, right? Him for me. Go ahead and do it with me. Hand signals included, ready? Him for me. That's the gospel, man. It's three words, and it's absolutely clear. We require payment for the sin we're in. And God is willing to substitute on our behalf because he loves you and he's poured it out for you. That's hope. 
Man, our identity is found in the fact that we are redeemed. Praise be to God. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Uh, Please hear me. Uh, You are forgiven if you've trusted in Christ as Savior, forgiven. Christ does not declare you innocent, but instead guilty and forgiven. Do you understand the big deal of that difference? He is not looking and somehow ignoring all that's occurred and says, oh, we'll just call you innocent. Instead, he's looking and saying, yes, guilty of the rebellion, of the sin, of the selfishness, but hear me, blood payment replacing for you, forgiven. Come to me. Trust in me. There is hope in me, forgiven. Man, I'm telling you, there is no sweeter truth than that. That we don't live the lie of, I'm trying to fake it and be perfect, man. Everybody fake it with me now. You got to tell me you think I'm perfect, right? That doesn't get it done. Everybody say, doesn't get it done. It doesn't get it done, man. And it's time for us to get out and get real. I am not perfect. I am in need of a Savior. And I am able to be saved only through His replacement payment forgiven. That is identity I find my truth in Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen again for me. I will stand by my Savior who stood by me. He is my identity. He is my hope. I am redeemed, forgiven. He has paid the price for me. Praise be to God. And all of God's people said, man, that's what it's all about. That is hope in Jesus Christ. That's what we're living with. Hope in him. And uh, all right. It says the forgiveness of Jesus Christ is phenomenal. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Notice Paul could have said according to his grace. And that's accurate. But instead he throws the word in here, riches. Like, dude, it is lavished on us. It is pouring over the top wealth galore. This is what God is rich in. Love and grace, and compassion for you. Are you hearing me? For you. Man, have you embraced that? Do you get that? Your Savior for you. That is unbelievable. Riches of his grace. He goes on and he puts more on it. He says, not just the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Meaning, he poured it in and filled it to the top. It got to the top and it spilled over and started flowing all over the place, lavished on us. Gave us not just what was needed or a little less, but so much more even than what was needed and continued to pour it on as he gave hilariously and cheerfully giving to you lovingly, get this now, with a huge smile on his face, saying, this is all in love. You are loved. uh, Do you believe that? Or do you see Jesus Christ sacrificing for you with a grimace on his face that says, I can't believe I had to do this? Do you see Jesus Christ with an anger on his face that says, I shouldn't have had to be here? 
Don't miss it. He is lavishing it on in love, in grace immeasurable, riches poured out. He is our cheerful God who is pouring on us, yes, what we do not deserve. And yes, he is pouring of himself out to you and to me. That's our king. And all of God's people said, and I love the truth that we have that Jesus Christ and him alone is covering my debt. My identity is in my Savior, Jesus Christ. All right? Him for me. He says right at the end here now, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. In all wisdom and insight. You know, there's some argument about this phrase here, in all wisdom and insight. Some say it applies to God the Father. And uh, some say it applies to the people and what they're receiving. And uh, it could go either way with the way the grammar kind of works out. So I'm just going to tell you this, all right? We'll just say it this way. It says, in all wisdom and insight. If he is giving it to us, if it does mean it's coming to us, it means he had it first to give it. Agree? That was really non-vocal. Agree? All right, so if he's given it, we know he had it. So for sure we can back the truck up and say, absolutely, God's got all wisdom and insight, and he can share it across with us. I'm just going to tell you, I believe this actually is probably most reflecting God the Father because of the word all. It says, in all wisdom and insight. Look, he shares a cross with us, and he does give us wisdom and insight. But really, would the word all wisdom be the appropriate word for what we grasp and what we understand? That might be a little bit over the top, right? God definitely has the all. Absolutely. And he's pouring it out. And I'm telling you, all that we need in order to be saved, yes, right? So absolutely, there is all wisdom and insight in our Father. And yes, he's pouring that across to us. God is sharing of wisdom and insight. That is yours to be had. Please hear me. That is yours to be had. And so the word wisdom, let's break it down now. The word wisdom, it means knowledge applied, right? Pretty basic term. You probably heard it before. Knowledge applied. Knowledge is like, I understand the facts of how something goes. Wisdom, and I'm using those facts to navigate the waters of today, right? Knowledge applied applied is what makes wisdom. When you meet someone who's wise, they seem to always be able to see the things coming out ahead of them. They're working through them with discernment. They're smart to what goes on. They're able to apply in and they're accurate and successful in that. God has a huge impact in the midst of wisdom, all wisdom in him. And uh, more than that, insight, discernment. I just wrote these words down. Uh, best way to summarize in all wisdom and insight Completely brilliant. No lack in plan or thought. This is our Father. No lack in plan or thought. No miscue in his perception. He has never caught off guard, never missed the call, never didn't see it coming. God always has it in hand. All wisdom and all insight. That's our King. Uh, he's discerning, He's practical works. God is amazing in who he is. And uh, yes, he lavishes that on us. Now we have the privilege of knowing some of his will and how he's working and what he's accomplishing 
in our lives. Praise be to God. Man, we have seen uh, hundreds of people. I've literally lost count. We were up somewhere around 275 people since we stepped into this building that have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. And uh, you might be here today and be one of those who's accepted Christ. It has been amazing to see people come to know him as king, hundreds upon hundreds. I remember there was a person I was talking to right over here as I came in one, one morning and we were chit-chatting a little bit after a service and they said, look, I'm really not sure about this Jesus thing at all. I'm just not sure, all right? But I'll tell you this, if he's got something good to offer me, well, then maybe I want to hear about it. We'll see. All right? Now, to be fair, that's extremely self-focused and really kind of missing the point, okay? So we had a little talk about, hey, it's actually about worshiping our God, making sure he's put on center stage, not us. Let's be careful with that and really make it about worshiping him. I'm telling you, Jesus does have something that will rock your world. But it's more than just, go ahead, wow me. It's I'm ready to see you and put you in the right spot in charge of my life. And uh, not really ready to do that that day. Uh, or the upcoming days and weeks as this person continued to come to church here. And something was drawing them and they couldn't explain what as they continued to talk. And there was a moment where they were sitting with a friend and they actually turned to him and said, I'm starting to get this a little bit. I'm not sure I totally can explain it, but I'm starting to see some things here. This is amazing. And a couple weeks later, came back and said, hey, you might want to know, uh, Tuesday night I gave my life to Christ. I'm trusting in him as Savior. It's done. I'm in. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in this. I'm nervous and I'm afraid, but I'm in. And that person ended up getting baptized with us up front and, and just taking a huge stand. Man, God is rocking this place as we continue to make Jesus Christ known. Do you know him as Savior? He is so worth knowing, and it will so be amazing to you and worshipful to him. And all of God's people said, that is in Christ. We do not toy with it, and we do not mess with it. It is all about our Savior. Our hope is in Him. Our identity is in Him. Praise be to God. Simple question for you. Have you recognized your need for a Savior? Have you recognized your need? Maybe you're in the midst of a heartache and a struggle and a devastation. And it's time to say, I'm done fighting this on my own. I'm giving this over to the Lord. Now is the time. And do not walk away from today. May Christ your king, will you? It's time to say, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. I'm not innocent, I'm guilty. And I need a replacement. Thank you for offering your blood. Will you please forgive me? I'm in. I'm in. It's committing to him and following him and letting him lead. That's saved. Are you saved? Make sure you leave here today saved, all right? Maybe you are saved. You're like, I'm in. I got this. Christ is mine. What's the distraction that might be taking you away from him? Done with the distraction now. Lord, help me set it down. And help me lift up my identity, which is forgiven and redeemed in my Savior, Jesus Christ.
may I live that with all I've got, right? That's our first point. Number two. In God the Son, we will be united as was originally intended. In God the Son, we will be united as was originally intended. We'll start here in verse 9, and remember this is all one sentence, so we're kind of jumping into the break of a sentence, all right? And uh, usually we wouldn't do that with the way we break the points up, but it just works really well here for the appropriateness of the context. So we start here in verse 9, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Making known to us the mystery of his will. And so, yes, he has all wisdom. And yes, he has all insight. And yes, he's sharing across wisdom. And he's sharing across insight. And that's what's revealing his mystery. You hearing me? Mystery. Hey, you know what you say? There's one word we say when mystery is revealed. When we finally, there's a mystery and we're wrestling with it, and we finally get what the answer is, that word we say is, what would you say? Yeah. Oh, I get it. Oh, I see it. And I'm telling you, mystery revealed is Jesus Christ. And uh, what do we say when we see the mystery revealed? Man, let's get on that. It is time to get huge on this answer. There is an answer to the problem of sin, and his name is Jesus Christ. Mystery revealed. Praise be to God. Man, we have hope in him. We have life in him. And yes, his perfect blood Shed in placement of me, substitution, him for me, mystery revealed, Jesus Christ. And uh, just an amazing answer. I wrote these words down, reconciliation, and there's relationship reestablished with him. Substitution, right, his blood for me, and uh, lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and, uh, king of the universe, I wrote this, who's the Messiah? It's Jesus. What's the fix for sin? It's Jesus. Who's the king forever? It's Jesus. Mystery revealed. Praise be to God. Man, we have hope in our God as he is revealing to us what he is doing, and we have the amazing privilege of grasping from him as he makes it known, okay? It says the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. According to the purpose of the Father. Hear me now. God the Father is sovereign. He is in charge. He's in charge of this universe. He has a will in play. He is at work. And the Father God working with us, through us, and for us. It says he is according to his purpose set forth in Christ. God the Father working through the Son to make things happen. Father working through Son. That's the way he's getting it done. It's in Christ. He works in Christ. That's where identity is found, in Christ. Where does the Father work? In Christ. Don't lose that. He's setting forth his purpose in Christ. What is that purpose? What is he getting accomplished? Well, he says right after it, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. As a plan for the fullness of time 
to unite all things in him. The Father has a plan, and it's to unite things together in one. In the beginning, God created, right? And we're told in Colossians 1 that the creator of that is Jesus Christ himself as he spoke the words and as he sustains with his presence. In the beginning, God the Son in creation with working with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit sets it in motion, unified and together. We train wreck that ship with our own sin. We take it offline and our sin messing things up. You and me breaking this world. You and me taking this thing into a state of disarray. God the Father has a plan and he's bringing it back together one soul at a time. Praise be to God. He is uniting all things in Christ. I'm just telling you this, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to Jesus Christ our Lord. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and most many will bow with a smile on their face and excited and passionate about who Christ is and there will be those that will be bowing a knee with a fist shaking and a grimace saying, I will not give him reign in my life. Bow nonetheless they will. Every knee will bow. Jesus Christ is Lord. Period. That's our identity. That's our hope and our trust in him. Man, do we have an amazing privilege here to grasp what he's doing as he's uniting all things in him, all things, things in heaven and things on earth, things in heaven and things on earth, all things. How many things? Not some things, all things, man. Christ is getting after it. He is making a change in this world, in your soul, in this place, in the heavens. And yes, he is absolutely going to bring it all back together. King of kings and Lord of lords, he will reign as king. That's our God. He has plan, he has purpose, and it's in motion. That's Jesus Christ. God the Father working through God the Son to bring it all back together under Christ. And all of God's people said, that's the plan, man. It's that simple. Do you know him as your Savior? Are you trusting in him as Lord? That's the cry. And uh, you might be here today and you are resisting with all you've got. And uh, here's my request. Make this the moment where you set down the fighting and offer yourself up to him. Lord, you're in charge of my life now. Please forgive me. Use your blood that was poured out for me. I'm in. I'm trusting you as Savior. You might have been going through a horrible trauma or heartache with this many people in the room, I guarantee you we got a lot of pain in this room. Please hear me. It's time to set down the suffering and the pain. It's time to set down the distraction before your God and give him his rightful position as Lord of the universe, king of your soul. Let him be in charge. 
Tim, you don't know what hurt I'm going through. You don't understand what you're asking me to set down. I do know this. I know the God of the universe. And I know he's got amazing riches for you to pour out on you to make much of him. Man, it is time we turn to him and it is time we worship him with all we've got. Give the king of the universe his rightful position. You will be in awe of that God. Do you know him as your king? That's our call. As we wrestle to put this all in place, I just wrote down, man, if we are united with the Father, top six things we'll grasp. Top six things we'll get when we're united with him. Number one, we will be Christ-centered. Christ-centered. It says, in him we have redemption, right? He is at work through Christ And it is in Christ that we will have our unity. The unifying of this church, the rallying of this body in Christ. That's what it's all about. Christ-centered, making much of his name. Number two, truth-centered. Truth-centered. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? And so run after him, the one who is truth. And yes, if we are Christ-centered, we will be truth-centered. We will see ourselves as he sees us. We will get what is true, and we will admit it and go after it with all we've got. What we need to set down, we will set down. That's unified in Christ. Truth. Number three, humble. Jesus Christ humbled himself and became a man, Philippians chapter 2. If you know the one who is the Christ, you will be humble. You will be blown away by his humility and you'll follow after. Truly united means truly humble. Christ-centered, truth-centered, humble, thankful is number four. Man, we understand what we don't deserve. We understand that none of it belongs to us and we grasp that it all is because of him. Thankful. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Number five, obedient. Obedient. John chapter 15 says that if we love him, we will obey him. Truly following after him, listening to what he has to say, obedience to the very words of God as he calls us forth. And then number six is welcoming. Welcoming. Uh, There's going to be an open chair policy in your heart. It's not this little exclusive club. It's just the few of us right here, nobody else, because we don't want anybody else to know about it. And uh, no, man, it's reveal the mystery to anyone and everyone you can. This is bring it big and bring it loud. I know the Savior of the universe. He has rocked my world. And I am ready to see God get what he deserves. Welcome him in. Let's see this thing lifted up. Make much of our Savior. May God get all the glory as we rally more and more people to the name of the fame of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said... Amen, man. That's what it's all about. True unifying in the Father will be welcoming, period. That's the way it goes down. And uh, Christ-centered, truth-centered, humble, thankful, obedient, and welcoming. Six things, and it's just the list just goes on and on and on in Scripture. Amazing when God is at work, what is truly happening in our souls. This is just a few as we're united with the Son and with the Father.
trusting Jesus Christ with all we've got. Maybe it's time to set some things down right now and go after it with him. So what we want to do at this time is we're actually going to go to a time of communion.